We have another very short chapter dealing with the division of the land and the boundaries of the land allocated to the tribe or half of the tribe of Manasseh. So let's read Joshua chapter 17. This was the allotment for the tribe of Manasseh as Joseph's firstborn, that is, for Machir, Manasseh's firstborn. Machir was the ancestor of the Gileadites, who had received Gilead and Bashan because the Machirites were great soldiers. So this allotment was for the rest of the people of Manasseh, the clans of Abizer, Helek, Ezrael, Shechem, Hefer, and Shemida. These are the other male descendants of Manasseh, son of Joseph, by their clans. Now Zelophehad, son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Machir, the son of Manasseh, had no sons, but only daughters, whose names were Mela, Noah, Hagla, Milka, and Tirzah. They went to Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the leaders, and said, The Lord commanded Moses to give us an inheritance among our relatives. So Joshua gave them an inheritance, along with the brothers of their father, according to the Lord's command. Manasseh's share consisted of ten tracts of land, besides Gilead and Bashan, east of the Jordan, because the daughters of the tribe of Manasseh received an inheritance among the sons. The land of Gilead belonged to the rest of the descendants of Manasseh. The territory of Manasseh extended from Asher to Mechmethath, east of Shechem. The boundary ran southward from there to include the people living at Entapua. Manasseh had the land of Tapua, but Tapua itself, on the boundary of Manasseh, belonged to the Ephraimites. Then the boundary continued south to Cana Ravine. There were towns belonging to Ephraim lying among the towns of Manasseh. But the boundary of Manasseh was the northern side of the ravine and ended at the Mediterranean Sea. On the south, the land belonged to Ephraim, on the north to Manasseh. The territory of Manasseh reached the Mediterranean Sea and bordered on Asher on the north and Issachar on the east. Within Asher and Issachar, Manasseh also had Beth Shean, Eblim, and the people of Dor, Endor, Tanakh, and Megiddo. Together with their surrounding settlements, the third in the list is Naphoth. Yet the Massonites were not able to occupy all of these towns, for the Canaanites were determined to live in that region. However, when the Israelites grew stronger, they subjected the Canaanites to forced labor, but did not drive them out completely. The people of Joseph said to Joshua, Why have you given us only one allotment and one portion for an inheritance? We are a numerous people, and the Lord has blessed us abundantly. If you are so numerous, Joshua answered, and if the hill country of Ephraim is too small for you, go up into the forest and clear land for yourselves there in the land of the Perizzites and the Raphites. The people of Joseph replied, The hill country is not enough for us, and all the Canaanites who live in the plain have chariots fitted with iron. Both those in Bethshan and its settlements and those in the valley of Jezreel. But Joshua said to the tribes of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, You are numerous and very powerful. You will have not only one allotment, 
but the forested hill country as well. Clear it, and its farthest limits will be yours. Though the Canaanites have chariots fitted with iron, and though they are strong, you can drive them out. And so Joshua responded to a difficult situation with a faith response, and uh, we'll, we'll come back to that. So Joseph's sons, uh, Manasseh, uh, starts out with um, uh, these various allotments. And then there's an interesting insertion here about Zelophehad's daughters. You may remember that these girls came to Moses um, back in the Torah, and they said, our father is dead. Zelophehad is dead. So the daughters um, came and said that he had no sons, but we want the inheritance that our father should have gotten in the promised land. So here is the time for the bill to be paid. Moses had agreed. The Lord said, yes, these daughters should have um, should have the land. So these, these daughters, Mela, Noah, Hagla, and Milcah, and Tirzah, they went to Eliezer and Joshua and said, it's time because Moses promised us this land. And so indeed, Joshua gave them the land. And uh, continuing, I just want to say that this was very unusual Women had no rights in that generation. They were not uh, accepted culturally among most of the, the residents of that part of the world as having any kind of rights. And yet the Lord, Yahweh, recognized the rights of these women, these five women. And God made a point of putting it in the scriptures and repeating it over and over again that the promises that were given were fulfilled with these daughters. They got the inheritance that was due them and that God had promised them. So, so ladies, remember, God has an inheritance for you. You may have to speak up, but you will get what the Lord has promised you. Manasseh also had been given land that remained unconquered. It says in verse 12, the Manassites were not able to occupy certain towns, for the Canaanites were determined to live in that region. Now, this is a problem because the Canaanites should have been driven out. You know, once again, this was... Um, a people group that the Lord had told them to utterly eradicate them or drive them out of the land, and they were allowed to live in the region. And the Israelites justified it by saying, you know, we've subjected them, they do forced labor, but we're going to let them live here. Well, that was not the plan of heaven. And they would become a thorn in Israel's side for many years to come. The Canaanites would continue to be a problem. So Joseph's two tribes, uh, Manasseh and Ephraim, decided that what God had given them was not enough. Now, notice they they didn't take all of it because there were Canaanites there. But they went to Joshua, and they, they issued a challenge. They said, we need more land. So Joshua said, verse 15, If you are so numerous, and if the hill country of Ephraim is too small for you, go up into the forest and clear land for yourselves there in the land of the Perizzites and the Rephites. Now, the Rephites were giants. These were adversaries that the spies had complained about 40 years before, and uh, that now that these people were there and ready to face them in battle, they said, I'm not so sure about that land where these uh, Rephites and Perizzites are living. And so the people of, of uh, Joseph replied, they have chariots fitted with iron. We can't fight them. We're afraid. And so Joshua continued in faith. He said, you're very powerful. You're a numerous group. I'm offering you this additional forested hill country. Go and clear it, and the farthest areas of it will be yours. Although the Canaanites have chariots fitted with iron, and though they're strong, you can drive them out. And so Joshua, like Caleb, was full of faith, but uh, his faith was sometimes not contagious enough for these different groups. But he was speaking the will of the Lord. He was speaking the word of the Lord. He was speaking from a position of trust and confidence 
in that God had promised them the land, and God was going to enable them to take the land if they would just operate in faith. And so, Lord, you've made promises to many of us. May we be among those who are like Joshua, believing you for what you've spoken. May we go forward with courage and valor, taking those things that you've promised to us by faith. Lord, may we apprehend every promise. May we overcome every challenge by your grace, by faith in you and the grace that you impart to us. May we be overcomers. In Jesus' name, amen.